welcome to Inside the IC on Federal News Network. Now your host, Justin Doubleday. My guest today is Jen King, Senior Geoint Analyst and Program Manager for the Neurodiversity Program at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Hi, Jen. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on, Justin. Absolutely. And I'm really excited to dig into some of the things that are going on with the Neurodiversity Program at NGA. And I'd love if I could just get an update on sort of the latest developments with this. Tell, tell us what's going on. Thank you so much. We are almost on our fourth year. So a little bit of background for the pilot. In December of 2020, NGA had a great collaboration with MITRE, a federally funded research and development center, to launch a neurodiversity federal workforce pilot at NGA, where we recruited neurodivergent individuals. Specifically, we were looking for those that were on the autism spectrum. We had a number of really great qualified applicants that had come on board that were really interested in you know, learning more about the pilot, learning more about the program. And so what we did is we had very specific requirements, ensuring that, you know, they had academics. So you have to have a bachelor's degree, getting the security clearance, the drug screening, and all the other processes that go on with becoming uh, an NGA employee. We did not waive those. And so what we did is we conducted this pilot. It ran from December 2020 until June of 2021, and upon successful completion for those that were selected to participate in the pilot, they were, you know, received formal offers of employment to come and work at NGA. And so we had a lot of really great lessons learned from that pilot, and we're still learning. So in addition to having this pilot, we also uh, discovered that we have an existing neurodivergent population within the organization. And I can talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But where we are is, you know, we've had a lot of lessons learned from that pilot and we're still learning. We are getting a lot of uh, really great data points from those that are already existing within the workforce uh, and from those that were part of our initial pilot and those have been onboarding since. And while we will not be repeating our pilot, we will be putting structures in place for future neurodivergent cohorts getting to the process of where our neurodivergent employees are coming in through NGA's existing people with disabilities programs. And so some would ask, you know, it's about, you know, two, two and a half years since we had conducted our pilot. Why did we, you know, appear to have a stoppage? Why did we appear to lose momentum? And, you know, quite honestly, we didn't lose momentum. What we did is we wanted to take a step back, take a look at all the data, because at NGA we are very much about data and about doing no harm. And so we wanted to evaluate all of the areas uh, that we had experienced during the pilot to determine where we were successful for our new teammates, where we can improve, and where we can continue to support individuals in their career. So we took that bit of a pause, a strategic pause, if you will, to ensure that we were doing things right. We were listening to the employees, we were listening to supervisors, we were listening to our, uh, our support staff, we wanted to make sure that we were deliberate in what we were doing, and we really didn't want to rush through this in any form or fashion because we understand how important this is. So we have been reaching out to our neurodivergent workforce uh, that's been around for 20, 30, or more years because we wanted to make sure that they didn't feel invisible and to take lessons learned from their experiences, you know, before we had started talking about neurodiversity because neurodiversity really isn't a new thing. It's a I wouldn't say even a new concept, we're just focusing on it a bit more. 
And over the past two years, what we have done within the organization is to create neurodiversity training for our, you know, senior executives, supervisors, workforce levels, um, discussing neurodivergent conditions, terminology, accommodations, creating a new employee checklist. We have a lot of really great drafts of documents that we're working on. And we are looking at hosting a new cohort, and that will probably uh, happen later in the later portion of this FY. So we are exploring what would it look like to go from four to six individuals. And we're looking at exploring that cohort between NGA's two primary locations at NGA St. Louis, Missouri, and NGA Springfield, Virginia. And so we do have a lot of neurodivergent talent and a lot of talent in our pipelines for our people with disabilities program. And what we are looking to do is find a way to identify neurodivergent talent and be able to bring them into what we're eventually going to call the ADEPT program. So with us, ADEPT is Accessing Diversity to Employ Professional Talent. It's the name that NGA has chosen for our program for recruiting our neurodivergent talent and for what our program is really going to look like. And so our goal is to mature ADEPT to include neurodiverse individuals more effectively through all aspects of their career by providing support. So we're looking at, I would say, a function from recruitment all the way through the hiring process into the onboarding process within the organization that is going to take us to, you know, what does it look like for career development? What new training do, do they want to do? Um, we are not limiting in any form or fashion any of the careers that individuals with an NGA can pursue, and nor should we. Neurodivergent talent is out there, and there it's a spectrum for a reason. There are those that you know are all over the spectrum within the organization. So, what we are looking to do is seek the opportunities to come in as a pay band two or GS eight equivalent, and then uh, be able to come up to a GS fifteen or pay band five, or even into the SES services. Thank you for that overview. That's really helpful to know. And it sounds as if NGA is really building on its initial pilot program here. You mentioned, you know, you want to put the structures in place to really to acknowledge different neurodiverse people during the recruiting uh, all the way through the retention process. Can you talk a little bit about what those structures are? So in an interview, and as we're uh, looking towards onboarding folks for interviews, individuals may or may not engage in full-on eye contact. So they may look down, uh, they may look up, they may not speak, they may be, I wouldn't say complete nonverbal, but they may engage in selective mutism. And so some of those structures are when our you know awesome hiring team goes out and they're handing out pamphlets to be able to look and know that, you know, there are going to be certain individuals that will not make eye contact with you to educate them, but also uh, for hiring managers as people are onboarding to let them know. And we, so we train our hiring managers. We are training our security staff that will be running the background investigations. We ensure that uh, everybody is aware that, you know, there may be behaviors that are a little bit different and that's okay. You know, I, I think one thing that we wanted to discuss was potentially uh, your experience as a neurodivergent employee at NGA, and I'd love if you could talk a little bit about that personal experience so folks can better understand 
what your experience has been like um, at, at a federal agency and especially at, a, at an intelligence agency uh, like the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. So I've been with the organization since April of 2000, which brings us up to almost 24 years. And I did not know I was neurodivergent. I am what is known as the, the lost generation. Very, and I don't like using the term, but very high functioning. And so came in through, you know, like everybody else did at the time through colleges and being recruited through college and career fair. And I had a great opportunity in front of me to come into the organization. I had wonderful opportunities. I've contributed greatly to the mission as an analyst. You know, I've done a, a lot of really great work for the organization and for the ISD. And it's just been a phenomenal experience. What caused me to choose diagnosis, though, was and to seek and to wonder, you know, why it was a little bit different was the fact that I was able to do the academic and the technical side, uh, but struggle a little bit in some of the social skills side of it. So quite you know, et cetera, but not really having that, I guess I would say, emotional intelligence or corporate understanding. And so I ran into a little bit of a snafu and then was like, okay, well, everything else works. And it wasn't until somebody in my place of worship uh, who had a child uh, that was on the autism spectrum uh, handed me a book called Asper Girls. And she's like, hey, I think this is you. And I love reading. And so I flipped the book over and looked at her and went, Asperger's syndrome, autism spectrum disorder. I don't, I don't think this is me. And she's like, no, 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 it's a spectrum. And so it sat at the bottom of my desk for about six months at the bottom of the table stand next to the bed. And I read through it in one night and cried because it was me. It was my life. And I didn't realize all the changes. And so I came in in the organization and I had amazing supervisors at that time that were really supportive. And they were like, you know, hey, okay, you know, let's go and get diagnosed. You know, really excited to learn about all this. You know, let's let's continue on this journey because we would love to have 10 to 15 more of you. And so I went and sought diagnosis. And for me, myself, it's been a, a huge learning experience. You know, and I have two neurodivergent children uh, as well. So, you know, when they kind of showed up, uh, for lack of better words, because I, you know, have adopted you know, I was better prepared for that. And so ever since then, uh, so this would be about 2011 timeframe, I've been, you know, very much at the forefront championing autism spectrum disorder, but also, you know, neurodivergent talent within the workforce and looking for more people that are like me, because if there are one in, I think CDC now says 66 individuals that are on the autism spectrum, there's gotta be more adults. So where will we? And so lots of discussions, lots of interviews, lots of speaking, talking to parents of autistic and neurodivergent children within the workforce, and being able to be given the opportunity to speak about it allowed others to um, come out, if you will, and say that, hey, I'm neurodivergent, and it's okay, and wow, the organization's doing great things to be extremely inclusive. I don't feel like I have to hide. And I think you have established a neurodiversity working group at NGA. What has that been like? What have you focused on in organizing this working group and learning from other people's experiences of working at NGA? The working group has been phenomenal. We have a number of individuals that um, you know wanted to be part of the pilot from a, an organizational standpoint. 
And so they brought their talents in and uh, we've had, you know, parents that have come in and said, hey, we want to, you know, we want to help because we want to be able to, you know, have our children possibly come and work for NGA. And so within our working group, it's very much to continue to raise awareness, but also move from awareness more towards exceptions and inclusive. Um, we've been aware since, uh, I would say since the mid to late 80s with Rain Man, if you remember that movie. And we've had a lot of uh, really great, you know, media portrayals of autism spectrum disorder with, you know, the good doctor and what have you. And so a lot of folks have come on board and it's just like, you know, hey, how can, how can I be helpful? And so our main focus areas right now are four focus areas. So um, where do we where do we go? Where do we recruit this talent? Do we go to specific colleges? Do we work with nonprofit organizations? And so we're exploring all of those avenues. Training. What does training look like for the existing population? And I spoke about the fact that we do have training for our workforce, our supervisors, and our senior executives. But what do we do with regards to training neurodivergent individuals? Are there different things that we can do? If it's a four-hour class, do we need to include it, you know, make it six or eight hours so that way individuals have time to process the information? Um, And there are times where even, you know, non-neurodivergent individuals, what we call neurotypicals, would like additional time as well to process that kind of information. So training is a huge factor for us, but the training also goes more into the inclusivity of the organization. What do the structures look like moving uh, within the organization from assignment to assignment, um, you know, making sure that individuals are uh, advancing in the career, that they have all the opportunities that everybody in NGA has, and that we uh, create equity and create inclusivity and create balance within that. And then our final one is what does it look like from an organizational perspective on bringing in the talent, supporting them through their career, but also being able to, you know, set them up for success external to NGA. So what does it look like to really uh, network and go outside of NGA into the rest of the AIC or other organizations to create a really great support network for our existing population? And one thing we haven't discussed is that it seems as if, and of course it's a spectrum, but it seems as if neurodivergent individuals are often better at certain jobs or really excel at certain uh, tasks and skills. Is that something that NGA has, that you all have discovered at NGA in particular with, you know, your geospatial analysis work? Yes. So um, many, many individuals, and uh, again, it is a, it is a spectrum. And so one of the things that we're doing is we do have a lot of, we're searching for data professionals. We're searching for, you know, individuals that are fantastic at programming, computer programming, uh, computer vision, AI, things of that nature. But one of the things that, again, we don't want to do is we don't want to pigeonhole, but pattern recognition is great. I myself have a photographic memory, you know, being able to recall something I saw, you know, 20 years ago is a great skill because it's very helpful to me in in my job. You know, I am not the most gifted person when it comes to programming, but we do have others that are. And so what we're doing is encouraging and using those various skill sets that are out there. And with that, again, it's the data and the automated intelligence, computer vision, and, you know, modeling and data modeling and data scientists um, in GA right now 
is all about data, and we are going after the best and brightest talent that's out there. And you had mentioned how there's more of a focus on this issue, both within the federal government, but just generally than perhaps there ever has been when it comes to hiring and, re- and retaining neurodiverse individuals and just recognizing that there are neurodiverse individuals uh, every, everywhere, obviously. Are there any misperceptions about neurodiversity that you think would be helpful to dispel here or, or anything that you just want to get the word out on uh, so that folks don't come away with the wrong impression? Oh, no, wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Yes. Um, Dr. Stephen Shore has a quote and he states that if you've met one autistic individual, you've met one autistic individual, you can take the word autistic out and put in neurodivergent. Every single person on the spectrum is completely different. As I said, you know, I myself and my two children, we are all neurodivergent and we all have neurodivergent conditions. And there are times that they all play very well together. And then there are times where uh, it's very entertaining because we'll, you know, be like, okay, you know, a little too much right now, can't deal with you, we're going to go somewhere else. I would say that different doesn't mean less. So Dr. Temple Grandin has a great book out called Different Not Less. You know, many neurodivergent individuals are, we're just different, we're quirky. I think it was the entrepreneur or the economist in 2011 or 2012 had a really good article and it was called In Praise of Misfits. And I don't really like the title of it, but the message is very clear. So Fortune 500 companies have known about neurodivergent individuals and have been hiring for years. And, you know, as even I would say Silicon Valley, great startups, uh, technical giants, you know, there's a Microsoft has their neurodivergent program as well. There are a lot of great opportunities. There are a lot of great abilities, but there are also quirks. So, um, you know, I'm not doing it obviously for the interview, but uh, I have stim toys that, you know, like if I get a little, uh, little bit nervous energy, I'll stim, um, but I try to keep it hidden because, you know, when I was younger, people didn't appreciate that. Um, we, again, have folks that are all over the spectrum, just like neurotypical individuals, where there are really great opportunities for things that they bring to the table. Again, I'm not the best at computers, but there are others. I would say, though, that we're just a little bit different. We have great skills, just like everybody else. And as the existing autistic population and neurodivergent population goes from, you know, middle school and high school and college into the workforce, we're, you're hiring professional talent, expect professional talent, treat them as professional talent, not as if you're speaking to somebody as if they're a child. And not every neurodivergent person is great at computers, though, so I just want to focus on that as well. Understood. And Jen, as we come to the close, is there anything else that you think is important to mention here about NGA's neurodiversity program? I think it's a great program. We are moving in a very positive direction. There are a lot of great opportunities. We are seeing quite a bit of existing neurodivergent candidate or population come out and say that, you know, hey, I'm neurodivergent. I need a little bit of support here. Or, hey, here's where I think that we could help. I think that as time moves on and we hire more neurodivergent individuals, there is going to be quite a, I will say that there's going to be a shift and a change in the federal workforce as time moves on. And I think this is going to be a great thing. We all know that what happens for uh, individuals, 
you know, people with disabilities often benefits everyone else. And so with your cell phone, your smart devices, deaf and hard of hearing population, you know, couldn't use it until we learned to text. So texting is everywhere and everybody loves it. Just ask my kids or your kids if you have any, because they love to text. So I think that the bringing on our neurodivergent population, listening to us more, having those conversations, we're going to see great changes. And the changes don't have to be huge all at once. They can be small, just, you know, such as ensuring that you've got a, you know, an agenda for a meeting 24 hours in advance. Or, you know, if there's uh, certain smells that are overpowering, you can, for your whiteboards, have, you know, unscented dry erase markers. It's little small things over time that are going to make that, that great change. And so as we're looking towards the diversity of thought and different ways of looking at things, um, I think we're going to see that pouring out more and more. There may be, you know, somebody uh, that's in the room that's been afraid to speak up that will now speak up because now they feel included. Okay, Jen King is a senior geoint analyst and program manager for the Neurodiversity Program at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Jen, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you so much, Justin. Thanks for listening to Inside the IC. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your podcast feed. Search for Inside the IC on Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>